Non, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, moi, c'est bâti, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. The time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? <laughs> Did he spoil me? No! I remember quite clearly it was 1946 and I was four years old. My mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel of the Sun. You've got to say, I'm a human being! God damn it! My life has value! Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. I'm a man! Well? Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm d'Or. Adele, Leia, and Abdel Abdel Kishin. We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. Right, guys. Um, do you know what the 30th of July is? Uh, Enemies Day. No. It's uh, International Friendship Day. Oh, that's close. Yeah. Uh, um, so I've got some friends for once. Uh, and I've asked you guys to join me. I've got, uh, obviously, you, Robin, my bestie ever. Hello. Uh, hello. Um, I've got a good old friend of mine, Joel. Hello, everybody. And uh, a new friend, Jeff, who's become a regular. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Oh, no, we're enjoying having you on the podcast. It's, it's nice to uh, especially talk about 1979 movies. That was... That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Uh, I really enjoyed that. Relive my youth. <laughs> and next week, Jeff is hosting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just—it's just Jeff's show now. We, you know. Uh, <laughs> but that's what good friends are for. Absolutely. Uh? So, um, yeah, I—I I thought, um, what would be a great way to celebrate International Friends Day than talking about? Um, films to do with friendships so uh yeah did does anyone know what uh have you ever heard of this day before i hadn't no not at all yeah vaguely it seems to be a day for so many things now though. <laughs> this seems like the, one of the most legit you know like, like a blowjob day you know it's like <laughs> friendship yeah, I understand that because that's been around for a long time and it's more like you can universal, you can speak about it on the bus. The best films about friendship seems to be one with children and teenagers because there's less expectation on friendship at that at younger age than there is when you get older. There's something about um, making uh, that close bond with someone when during your early years, which... I think we can all reflect on even because I think you get to a point where you get adult, you become adults and the friends that you've made long time ago, you almost grow into different people, mm-hmm. but you always good. hold on to that special time in your life where you, you know, you had your imagination and you could go out on, on bicycles and go looking for dead bodies and, oh, sorry, uh, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> you, you, you've just taken the first of my films, haven't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I was going to say fight evil clowns, but you know that was just me. I don't know about you, you lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did that as well. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Nice. When I was thinking about choices I wanted to talk about, I found that it was, it was actually quite difficult because you could choose any film mm. and, and sort of get something out of it. You know, like um, Cinema Paradiso, for example. You could say mm-hmm. like uh, th- that friendship is is immense, but you could also say like the the relationship with cinema. You know, you could, or you could talk about other films where with animals. Um, what was called my wife mentioned as good as it gets. And I said, oh, yeah, Greg Kinnear, and, and and she said, no, Jack Nicholson and the dog. <laughs> and I was like, actually, yeah, you could. That, that is a good friendship because, well, he doesn't like dogs, does he? And they become closer towards the end. So it's, like, really quite tricky. So I tried to think of three different types of friendship. But, yeah, children came up a lot. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and picking up the point you were saying there about the bicycles and the dead body, I mean, Stand By Me... I think is one of the great films about friendship, just yeah. on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. Not 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 only in terms of the film itself, and and there's some great lines in the film, but also what happened after, you know, with the death of River Phoenix. It just cements a poignancy in that film, um, and and that whole thing of because at the end of the film they all drift apart. Yeah, it, it's that you know, this is what happened to us all after. And and again, that's that thing about friendship as children. Because, uh, as you said, B, you become different people. And and there's a great line in the film where Dreyfus is looking back and he's narrating it and he says, yeah, we drifted apart. Uh, life's like that. Sometimes friends come in and out your life like busboys in a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to just get uh, out of you uh, or uh, before we sort of go into our, our, our films is is do you think that friendship in the modern day in terms of with social media and the internet has become now something that is almost harder to define there's almost a definition of we define ourselves politically in the uk you define yourself are you for or against brexit and you take a stand on that and you can lose friends and i have you know it, it it's it's unique and that's partly social media as you say but it's partly a political time we're living through. There's, there's a kind of manufactured friendship, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you can kind of get to know somebody without ever shaking their hand, you know. Yeah. So there's that with the internet. You, get, you can get to know someone. It is interesting. I think it's amazing that, you know, we're all connected. We're currently, you know, doing this via Skype, but we've got yeah. Joel. You know, mm-hmm. you're... Uh, we're in the UK, and you're obviously all the way... Over, uh, you know, in Puerto Rico. So, it, it, isn't it amazing that we've all become like we have this friendship and we're miles apart? But it's it's like we're virtually sat down. You know, we could be all sat down in the same room together. You know, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I like that. It is. It's it's interesting because you know, uh, years ago, uh, we were told, you know, when we were little, that. We're not supposed to talk to strangers, you know, especially on the internet because we don't know who's on the other side. But people are more, you know, carefree, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And I'm really glad of meeting you guys, you know. I'm up here in the Caribbean, like very far away from the UK, but maybe one day I, I, I get to meet you guys and, you know, it will be, it will be awesome, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. We have to, mm-hmm. we have to figure it out soon. 
So, yeah, let's get into our, our films. So, um, shall who would like to go first? Shall we just go do a, a round robin with Robin? Yeah. Starting with um, Robin. <laughs> yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? Where am I going to be? Um, I'm going to start. I was going to do this last. I'm going to do it first because we mentioned kids. Um, it's debatable whether this is a friendship. Um, let the right one in. Uh-huh. I've never seen this one. Um, Swedish film. A brilliant film, 2008. Um, and it's about kind of a sort of shy um, little boy. He's 12 years old called Oscar. And he befriends uh, a girl his age who moves in next door. Um, and turns out she's a vampire. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a really great film. It's so, it's, it's so like, well paced. And the kind of. He to fill each, fill a gap for each other. She's she's obviously been around for for longer than twelve years, and he doesn't know that first. Um, so he kind of teaches us, shows her things like um, how to do Morse code, and the, the the she does a Rubik's cube for the first time. She does it she does it really quickly, and he's like amazed. Um, and he's being bullied, and so she kind of cottons on that, and eventually I won't I won't spoil what happens, but she does she does help him. But the, the friendship that grows as he discovers who she is. Uh, and some argue it's kind of a romance as well. Because um, I think he asks at one point, do you want to, like, go, I think he says, go steady or something like that. Some, like, old American term. But, you know, and so there's that. But they, they are just kids. So, the, but that friendship, you know, that she, he, he needs somebody to kind of protect him. And she needs someone to, that's just kind of, show him humanity without having to feed on him i suppose the, the other thing on on friendship with that film i find interesting is the old guy who at one point was also the younger guy and had this friendship yeah with yeah. the girl you know and it's how friendships develop change and and i'll you know in in that case where they're not equal one has to leave. I'm, I'm desperately trying to make this so I'm not to spoil it. It's really hard <laughs> because, yeah, because you, you, yeah. when you watch the film, you think he's a father figure. And then when you watch yeah. it more, you realise, oh, he was the little boy once upon a time. He, uh, and then yeah. he's, you realise that she's probably the more paternal because she has to take responsibility and do what she has yeah. to do. So, it's, yeah, that, it's almost yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, good. so in that sense, what it's looking at is the imbalance of friendships yeah. where one one side can never be equal to the other. Ultimately, they they must end, and and I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, because he will. Be. I mean, the way it ends, the same age, but you you've got to think: uh, will he be that, that uh, yes. character in fifty years or whatever? Yeah. So you know, they've got you know this this bond with their friendship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's proven that to him by what happens with the swimming pool scene, which. I mean, scene. Yeah. yeah, that was an amazing scene and very well done.
Jeff, do you, would you like to go ahead with your, your first well, pick? My first pick is going to be Stand By Me. <laughs> I wrote it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can I continue or do you want me to flip that Oh, own? no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I mean, th there's so much about this film to love and, and I think is... And, and also about looking back on friendship. And again, you know, another line that's quoted. You've got Richard Dreyfuss for a tragedy that he's aware of in the beginning that we're not aware of till the end. Um, is thinking about when he was growing up, the, the three friends he had that were an inseparable during this one summer. And the film was made in 1986. And as he starts the story, his words were, you know, this... This takes place in 1960. It was a long time ago, um, but only if you think of it in terms of years, which I think is just the way that memory works and memory works with friendship. Yeah. And and essentially, you know, he plays um, this character, Gory, who with his friends, um, three friends, one played by River Phoenix, who is the, the school troublemaker. He's been expelled for, for stealing. Um, another guy played by Corey Feldman, uh, played, uh, Teddy, who has um, a deformity caused by domestic abuse, and uh, another friend who is the school sort of fat kid that's in with them. And, you know, these, these four are almost like misfits, and it's a typical theme of King's writing where he picks up one of the misfits. But, but here... Uh, I, I think he picked up on something from his own life as well, this body. And it's their journey over one day and one night to try and find this, to try and find this body. But it's also the growing up they do, the stories they tell um, as they do that journey. Um, and it's just a fantastic film. I, I grew up in an area which was, you know, a, a very woodland area. So I related to it in that way as well. That's a very good pick. Yeah. Yeah. Someone had to pick that one, I think. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. That's good for a long time. Anyway, she saw her chance and she took it. I was the stupid one for even trying to give it back. Joel, over to you. I'm going to pick this one first because I'm pretty sure none of you have it. Because it's a film that I discovered recently. And I was uh, kind of surprised of how good it is and how under the radar it, it got uh, during the uh, 2018. It's an uh, animated film called uh, Liz and the Bluebird. And it deals with the friendship of these two girls that uh, play in the same uh, school band. And they're playing the most important parts of the musical, in, in that word, Lisa and the Bluebird. Uh, what I like about this film, uh, the, the part of friendship, is that it deals with friendship in the teenage years, you know, it, which is kind of dope. Uh, teens uh, are pretty emotional. Uh, they, they, they can't exaggerate what they feel as they can really, really, really hide it 
uh, so no one can know how they really feel, which is pretty dangerous if you think about it because uh, teens are so vulnerable. Uh, as a teacher, you know, I, I work with them. So this film deals with that sort of uh, because there's one of the girls, uh, I think it was Bizarre, uh she's very shy and her best friend is well pretty you know uh not 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 very shy at all you know she's uh, uh very uh, uh a happy you know happy girl that uh, that talks with everyone she's kind of popular you know uh, it's all the contrary to to missouri which is the the main protagonist of the story missouri is the most talented uh, musician in the band and Nozomi, which is the other friend, kind of resents that even though she doesn't publicly ad admit it. Uh, so there's this kind of, you know, weird friendship relationship forming up and there's all type of emotions happening because even though Missouri is the talented one, she admires Nozomi uh, because of how she is. It, it's, it's it's super complicated, but I like how the movie plays this. You know the the story, how it flows, how it lets the audience uh, try to understand this dynamic between them and the other friends that are that surround them, trying to help them understand it, each each other each other. It's beautiful, you know, that what happens in the end because you realize there's something more than friendship. Yes, I'm definitely going to, to seek it out. I uh, actually look quite like um, anime, you know, Jap Japanese animated films. Um, when you were talking about it, it kind of reminded me of another uh, Japanese film, which I wish I'd put on my list about friendship, um, which is called uh, A Silent Voice. Oh, yeah, I watched it. It's been Which, the same director, by me. Yeah, yeah. So, I just looked that up, so I'm uh, definitely gonna have to check out Liz and the Bluebird. Um, my pick is also about a friendship between uh, two two females. Um, I've actually decided to go female female focus for all of my picks. Um, so I've decided for my first one to go with uh, Francis Ha which is uh and the the friendship between uh francis and her friend sophie so um i have have we seen this film please say yes yeah, <laughs> yes of course that's a great film <laughs> yeah okay it, it's a, no i'll to my list to go watch it's so good i just it's it's, it's um greta gerwig um, <laughs> who is just so fantastic, but also uh, Mickey Summer, who plays her friend Sophie. And um, I found, I was reading up about it, I found this lovely uh, article by uh, Chloe Kent from Bustle, and she's uh, in her sort of description about why she loves Frances Ha so much. Um, she says that it's a love story, but the love story is about two female friends. And they even sort of, the two characters even comment on that, that, you know, they, they're they almost like, you know, in a lesbian relationship, but without actually being lesbians, uh, because they do everything together. And there's, you know, really sweet moments where we see them sort of 
they run ar- around the streets of New York together and they have lunch together and they shit, you know, drink. I think my favourite moment when they're drinking beer and they're sort of on that fire escape, you know. Uh, and it's, it's quite a, a sad type of film as well because um, Sophie ultimately decides that she's going to move out of the apartment where her and Francis are living, which kind of means that Francis now has to go out into this world without her best friend and she's kind of lost in it. Um and I just find it such a, a interesting film about the dynamics of female friendship because, I mean, with I think it's I think there's slightly obviously I can't comment on, you know, male and male friendships, <laughs> but the the portrayal of them in, in films is is different to how female friendships are portrayed, and uh, I think I've explore that in some of my other picks but there's there's almost like uh, this sort of sisterhood type of thing where you're supporting each other and you try to bring the best of each other out and often you know we have a lot of insecurities as as women uh, you know whether it be you know physical insecurities or, or mental insecurities this idea of being not good enough for uh, to, for society standards, and um, when you have a friend around you who you know, like with, with Sophie and 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 Francis, they all you know they are supporting each other, and they have this sort of moment where you know, um, I think it, it's Francis to Sophie. She says, you know, I I I held your, your head when you were crying oh he went out and brought special milk for you and all this and she's going through what she's done for for her friends and goes all the way a whole next level of of friendship because it's not just you know buying presents and having fun together it, it's the, it's all buying milk she's been there for her and in terms of emotional support so I think it's such a lovely film and I, I, I really you know whenever I feel down I go back and revisit it because it just and I feel like that character is me basically <laughs> it's like my life on screen <laughs> I was lying I don't love Patch I do love him since when when did this happen it's been happening that's fucking bullshit come on Sophie no you're bullshit and you're making me feel really bad right now. I want to love him if you love him, but you don't love him. I do. Sophie, I fucking held your head while you cried. I bought special milk for you. I know where you hide your pills. Don't treat me like a three-hour brunch friend. Right, I'm not talking to you while you're like that. Yeah, once a friend leaves, it's kind of just to go, go alone for a bit. Yeah, so yeah. That, I really like that. I really like that. Nice. Um, so what's your next pick? Right, okay. Um, I'm going to pick Reservoir Dogs. Ooh. Now then. <laughs> God, you have some strange friends here, Robin. No, no. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is kind of like an adult friendship that doesn't last very long. But it's got, <laughs> but it's got so many components of a, of a friendship. And that's Mr. White and Mr. Orange. Um, when you meet them in the home, he's just being shot. I'm not. I don't care about spoilers now. Um, he's been shot, and, and Mr. White has to kind of 
Oh, well, it doesn't have to. You could just leave him. You know, in, this is a heist film, and we see in heist films where people get shot and dead and left, and they don't really care about each other. But with this, these particular two characters, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's, there is a spoiler here. Mister, Mister Orange is really a cop, um, and you find that out. So it's difficult to say whether he cares about Mister White, but Mister White is certainly uh, very nurturing towards him, holding his hand. While he's in the car, saying, oh, we're going to get you, don't we? We're going to get you a doctor. Everything's fine. And it's like almost like he's, he's looking after his, his, his injured son, in a way. And I did a piece on it in college, uh, comparing the dialogue, Tarantino's dialogue, uh, everybody's favourite director at the moment. His dialogue, with, uh, which you're not going to believe this, with a scene from Anthony and Cleopatra, uh, the death scene at the end of that, the Shakespeare play. I got a really good mark. Because the dialogue, the discourse of the dialogue, reassuring that someone's potentially going to die uh, uh, and they the look after each other, you find out before the robbery, which goes very wrong, that these the two of them kind of become friends uh, and sort of plan the robbery together, but they have a bit of banter. Um, he doesn't know, they don't know anything about each other. They're given these code names. But Mr. White, there's a famous scene where Mr. White tells Mr. Pink... Uh, Steve Buscemi, that he's told him his name and where he's from, and Mr. Pinklight goes crazy, like, you broke the code, you know, and then they almost shoot each other. So, Mr. White, like, who is a professional, by the way, is like one of the, I would say one of the more mature of the, of the gang. He's been doing this a long time. But you find he's a real person who really cares about this, really cares about this guy. And at the end, when he realises who he is, he's heartbroken. And it, and it is, and it is, like Shakespeare, yeah, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth are outstanding in this film. Uh, and that, that friendship, is, it's really weird to see a friendship in this sort of film. You never see the heist either. You know, I'm sure you've all seen this film. It's kind of an aftermath and it's about prepping for it. And in those two components, there's this very, very small friendship. It doesn't last very long because of the circumstances. Um, it doesn't last very long, but it's got so much of a like true friendship in there about caring for someone, doing anything for them. Even like Mr. White even tries to defend Mr. Orange when the secret comes out to the boss who he's worked for, who he should be loyal to and say, Fair enough. I believe you, but it doesn't and it's like constant loyalty, so Oh I scared the shit out of me, Larry. I'm gonna die alone. Oh excuse me, I didn't realise you had a degree in medicine. Uh, uh, are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? Answer me, please. Are you a doctor? Huh? No, I'm not. Okay. So you admit you don't know what you're talking about. So, if you're through giving me your amateur opinion, slide back and listen to the news. I'm taking you back to the rendezvous. Joe's going to get you a doctor. The doctor's going to fix you up. And you're going to be okay. Now say it! No. You're gonna be okay! Get on it! You're gonna be okay! Say the goddamn words! You're gonna be okay! Oh god! Say the goddamn fucking words! Say it! Oh okay, Larry! Correct! Correct! And you and you're quite right. I mean the 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 breakdown at the end between uh, when Harvey Keitel realizes that he's been sucker punched is 
it, it's powerful to watch. Excellent. Uh, and Jeff, what's your second pick? Okay, well, I'm going to go bleak and melancholy again. Um, <laughs> sticking with children, though. Bridge to Terabithia, 2007. Now, this is an odd one for me because I didn't know I, I didn't know Catherine um, Patterson's book or anything around it when I saw the film. I saw the kids and it looked like these kids going into a fancy woodland that they may or may not have created. Thought, okay, this is going to be all right. Went in expecting some junior Lord of the Rings film to find this film about real problems. I mean, it is the book is based on um, Catherine. Catherine Patterson wrote the book because her son had lost um, a close friend and was shown him a real loss in the friendship. And in this case, um, in in terms of the story, Jesse is a twelve-year-old in school. Average, he avoids bullies, his family are not very successful. Um, but then this girl arrives in school, um, Leslie, and they're a bit, you know, there's a bit of animosity between them to start off with, but they quickly develop a friendship. They realize they're neighbors, they go off into the woods, and Leslie has this fantastic imagination where she shows him a fantasy world that could be, you know, in, in their imagination. And all of this is building up, and it's you're seeing sort of these characters develop. They're going through a very um, important time in their lives as well. And then it pulls a twist on you like you won't believe. I did not, I, as I didn't know the book, I didn't see the twist come in. And it, like, rips your heart out as you're watching the film. And it is about friendship at that point where you lose a friend unexpectedly. And how then do you cope with that? How can you build on that to go on to be a stronger person? And it really stayed, because it was so unexpected, it really stayed with me. And I think it shows the values of friendship even when you lose a friend. Last longer. Awfully quiet. Old MacDonald had a fun. No. no, you don't like that song? No. Then make some noise. Um, Joel, what's your your next pick? Well, my next pick is a little maybe controversial. Is it Pulp Fiction? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it is a film that was released the uh, same year as Pulp Fiction, 1984. Uh, Liam. The professional, Fantastic. ouch, yeah, <laughs> no, no, but no, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a controversial pick because you know it's an adult, uh, uh, it's a friendship between an adult and a and a kid, basically, uh, and opposite sets, and there's been a lot of things rumored out about how that story was supposed to end uh, because you know, uh, I forgot. Luke Benson is a little weird as a person. Maybe weirder than Woody Allen. Sorry, people. I said it. I said it. Yeah, to be said. Uh, <clears throat> but forgetting that aspect, uh, if you don't think about it uh, that much, uh, I think it's, you know, it's a beautiful relationship that forms between them because of uh, how it happens, you know, uh, 
Matilda, which is uh, the girl played by uh, Natalie Portman, uh, practically a rookie uh, when she did that part. And she's so good at it. You know, she's, she domains every scene she's in. Uh, Mathilda, uh, uh, it happens something to her family uh, at the beginning of the movie. So she has no other, you know, uh, way uh, to, to deal with that, that to go to, you know, her neighbor's apartment. Uh, because it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she goes there. She, he, the, the assassin Leon, uh, has to open the door because there's there's no other thing he can do. And after that, well, we see the dynamics between them. Uh, he's a very you know a serious person. Uh, he doesn't show pretty much any emotion because of of how he was raised and and what he does as for a living you know he's leon the professional that's that's not a spoiler at all uh so he has become uh, somehow emotionless uh for uh, for life and she well being hit you know uh, she brings that emotion back you know to his life and he understands that you know people are good uh uh, you can't. You had to have, you know, like a little faith in people. I don't like killing people. You don't give a shit about. You won't get the bastards who killed my whole family. Revenge is not good, Matilda. Believe. It's better to forget. To forget? After I've seen the outline of my brother's body on the floor, you expect me to forget? When I kill those sons of bitches, and to blow their fucking heads off. Nothing's the same after you've killed someone. Your life is changed forever. You have to sleep with one eye open for the rest of your life. I don't give a shit about sleeping, Leah. What love or death? I I wish I I picked that now. <laughs> <laughs> my wife told me to to pick that to, to to talk about that one, and I was like, oh, I've already picked my three. And so I, think I knew I knew subliminally that Joel had. Joe was thinking already. So. Yeah, great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a, it was released in, in the year I was born, so so maybe that that's the connection that I uh, quickly you know established. Uh, uh, it's one of my favorite movies of that year, even though everything that surrounds it. So so yeah, uh, it's, 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 it upsets me that you're born that year. That that upsets me. Yeah, and yeah. if it does that to you, Robin, think what it does to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my my f- next film is older uh, than uh, Leon, and it might upset you more. Maybe uh, it came out. It came out in 1991. Uh, oh, I think I know which one it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, does anyone ha- want to have a guess? Thelma and Louise. It is, yeah. Oh, my God. I should have chosen that one. I, <laughs> I was starting to panic then because my last film was from 1991. I thought you might pick the same one, but yeah. Ooh. 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 Um, yeah, I obviously have a female uh, friendship focus, and uh, it is probably the one that people uh, would think of when they think of 
um, friendship between two females. And uh, I just think it's such a great film in terms of that they almost are two friends that you wouldn't think, you know, two people you wouldn't necessarily think of being friends together. Like, uh, you know, um, uh, Thelma is this housewife and, you, you know, uh, and Louise is this, like, chain-smoking, like, um, waitress who's, you know, takes no nonsense type of thing. And uh, you wonder how they they met. Um, I think it really ever goes into that, that, like, background of how these two women met. But, um, it doesn't have to, though, does it? Cause it the, doesn't, Because the screenplay no. is so brilliant. Yeah. And I think it's such a great film in terms of how, like I said, this idea of uh, bringing the best out of each other and, and supporting one another. And they, uh, it, even when it all goes horribly wrong for them, which, you know, they, they, all they want to do is go and have this vacation. You you, you feel so sorry for them. And uh, one mishap happens after another. And, you know, next thing you know, you're on the run. And uh, that ending... Um, it's so wonderful, and, and I was watching it uh, again on YouTube uh, earlier before this podcast, and I started crying. Am I in trouble, officer? As far as I'm concerned, yes, ma'am, you're in a lot of trouble. Hello, this is 9-8. You want to step back and get in your car again, please? Officer, I am so sorry about this. Would you let go of that? Now, I really, really apologize, but would you put your hands on the steering wheel? See, if you get on that radio, you're going to find out that we're wanted in two states and probably considered armed and dangerous, at least I am, and, and then our whole plan is just going to be all shot to hell. Louise, take his gun. Take his gun, Louise. Right there. Bye. I'm real sorry. Excuse me. Want to step out of the car, please? I swear, three days ago, neither one of us would have ever pulled a stunt like this, but if you was able to meet my husband, you'd understand why. Won't put your hands on your head, please? Louise. What? Shoot the radio. <laughs> the police radio, Louise. Jesus I'm Christ. Sorry. Both, uh, both, you know, Susan's, uh, Sarandon and, and Gina Davis, or, you know, superb i just uh, i love it i love how i just love that film and um probably one of ridley scott's better films yeah oh that's a that's a sweeping statement there uh, <laughs> it, it, it is though i think people forget that he made it as well because it doesn't um really look like a ridley scott but yeah it is one of his best and it's one of his only academy award nominations as well as a director He's, I did not the, know the that. The Academy don't really like him. The, the film wasn't nominated for Best Picture as well, I will say that, which is a shock. Well, <laughs> he, he'd taken a lot of stick in his career up to that point for not having strong female characters. Mm. Um, so, and, and this film was his answer to that. And uh, Yeah, it's a good answer. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Robin, what's your last pick? Right, my last one is, is also female. Um, Led and, and there are more than two of them. Um, it's 
a film called Caramel, which I've spoken about before. Um, I always, I'm always talking about Nadine Labaki, the Lebanese filmmaker. She made this film, um, and it's essentially, it is about female friendship, but because it's set in Lebanon, um, we all know the troubles there and, and the state of the, the, that, that culture and the weight of tradition and religion, and that's that's all in this, but these, these women are kind of like normal women, you know, they're one of them's um, in a relationship with a married man, doesn't end well, you know, one of them's getting married, uh, but she's, the family are obviously quite strict and they don't know that she's not a virgin anymore, so she's got that on her, her mind. Um, is kind of attracted to women, you know, uh, this sounds dated now, but we're talking about, you know, modern Lebanon where these the sort of things that they can't really talk about. And another another one is worried about aging, you know, and it's all about kind of keeping up appearances. The all dress well, the lot of work in this one salon. Um, and Nadine the back is, is actually in it. She actually plays the the, the main character. Um, but it is about kind of these four women equally, and there's a couple of others in it. Um, so what it, what it does do is it puts a bit of light and a bit of um, how can I say it? Like women who had to tread carefully. You know, because they don't have the freedom of the Western world, I suppose. But the, it, it brings like a light to it, and it's the humour. It's a really, really good film. But it's about friendship. They all understand each other's plights. They understand what it's like to be women it, living in this country, in, in that country. Sorry. So, uh, you know, it's a really good film. Has I seen it? I haven't. No. Yeah. And yet another one I've added to my list. That's three today. <laughs> yeah. Very good to see. Yeah, I just added my list too. I haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, I. Sorry, Robin. I, I, I'm also letting down the team. I haven't seen it either. Uh, uh, Bianca, I've said and you will love it. I think you will okay. like. You know, I know you're not from Lebanon, but <laughs> but I think it speaks to women from from you know this side of the world. I think it's that's what's so great about it. You know, she's a great filmmaker. I mean, she did Kapan, yeah. and that was her last film. You know, she she knows how to make mm. a film. Oh, good. I, I, I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, what's your last pick? Yeah. So it's from 1991, but just before that, there is a filmmaker who I think, a writer-director, who, when he's in his element, makes some of the best films about friendships, and that's Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, we've got The Big Chill back in 83. Yeah. Uh, the first half an hour, it falls apart after that, of his <laughs> dreamcatcher, Steve Jane thing. Yeah. The relationships yeah. is really good, but for me, Pride of Place is the 1991 film Grand Canyon, which stars the likes of Kevin Klein, Danny Glover, Mary McDonald, Steve Martin. Um, it's essentially life in modern Los Angeles, which is great with a title like Grand Canyon. Yeah. And what happens is Klein is a prosperous businessman. He's um, off to uh, a Lakers basketball game, decides he's not going to go through the usual uh, roads in Los Angeles, which is even I know is a huge mistake, makes a cut through South Central and his car breaks down. And then the gangs start to form around him and he knows he's in trouble. And then out of the blue comes this repairman uh, played by Danny Glover, a chap called Simon. He gets him out of the scrape he's in and that starts a friendship between the two men and the two families. And what happens is see the circle of friends that Mac Kevin Klein has got and how 
his friendship with Simon changes him. And there's just some great part. I mean, Steve Martin plays a filmmaker, not unlike um, Joel Silver, um, a guy who makes violent films. And he gets shot early on in the film and tries to, for a short time, to change his life. And when Kevin Klein has this angst about friendship, he said, look, your problem is you don't watch enough movies because all of life's riddles are solved in the movies. And, and this sort of theme comes back through the film throughout and it ends up at the Grand Canyon. And there's this almost like cathartic where you, you, you look at these friendships and the problems they have in modern life. And what do they really mean? You know, if you look at something like the Grand Canyon that stood there for hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of years, um, and it doesn't mean anything in that context. Yeah, but it was a decent film. Yeah, it got forgotten. It got forgotten, didn't it, after that? It did. It's, it, it, and it's really sad. I mean, James Newton Howard's music, it's just as James you know, it was starting out on scoring. Yeah. His music score is fantastic in it. It's just everything about it. And again, I was of that age, that, you know, where I related a lot to those characters and some of the things they were going through, so it pulled me in even more. I didn't notice till the last moment that the cap she was wearing was from the Pittsburgh Pirates, my favorite team, since I was a kid. Roberto Clemente. Mm-hmm. Right. I never got over the idea that I should have thanked that woman more, talked to her a little while, something. I mean, mm-hmm. she reached out and yanked me back from the edge, literally. Changed everything for me for my wife and my son and then she just wandered off down the miracle mile and how come she was wearing a pirate's cap i mean it's not your usual thing at 9 a.m on wilshire boulevard a woman in a pittsburgh pirates baseball cap it's a little suspicious you lost me i just wondered later on was she for real you know was that a real person or was that something else you know sent from somewhere else to grab me back from that curb is that what you wonder about me? Um, and and Joe, uh, what's your last pick? Well, my last pick is a really uh, recent movie. It was made in 2017, and it's called Mothbound. I think I talked about it mm. a, few, a few episodes back. Uh, and I wanted to focus on the relationship, the friendship that forms between uh, Jamie and Roselle. Uh, which are played by, who are played by, sorry, by Gary Hedlund and Jason Mitchell. Uh, uh, I think that friendship, you know, it's, uh, it's formed because of the circumstances of, of their lives. You know, they're both soldiers, they're both veterans. They, they return back to their community after some traumatic uh, episodes, you know, in, in war, because war, war is traumatic, not doesn't matter if you're in the combat zone or in a safe zone, you know, like a hospital or something. Uh, it's, it's always going to be an automatic event uh, because war, it's, 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 it's big on people, you know. So the relationship they, for, they form, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, good, even though, you know, the difference between them because they're, they they are they live in in an era where racism was uh, pretty common. You know, it's still common today, but it was uh, like hardcore in that in that time. Uh, so you know, I'm 
basically uh, Jamie's family hated uh, Russell's family because of their of the color of their skin, which is absurd. But you know, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put those differences aside. And they they found a common thread. You know, they, their their common thread is is war. What what they perdure, what what they went through, and um, and they understand each other more than anyone in that movie, because you know they, they went same thing. Even though they were separate in war, because one was in the I think it was in the in the in the Air Force part. You know, and um, which was from cell, and Jamie was more in infantry. Uh, you know, they, they they experienced the same the same episode. They they saw people die. They they were in, in a near death experience, and and to talk about that, to 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 release their emotions. You know, their 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 their, their fears, their 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 anger. Uh, it helps solidify the 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 friendship between them. They went to drink when when they go back to their town. And you know it, it becomes so close that that at least for Jamie's part, you know Jamie's family, uh, uh, they found that relationship pretty dangerous to this to the train that they had to do something about it. Uh, and you know for the people that watch the movie, well, you know what happens, and it's, it's a very um, uh, how do I say a very bad, you know, sequence of events, yeah. and you know, for those who don't go watch it, it's in Netflix available, I think, because it's a Netflix original movie. Uh, and it's one of the most underrated films of 2017, and, mm. and I think it has a lot of great performances from both these actors I already mentioned, and of course, um, like Carrie Mulligan has a great role. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's it's good, so go watch it. They say it stops eventually. Ron Zell, Hep's son. Jim McKellen, Henry's brother. Pleasure to meet you. You walk here? Yes, sir. Let me give you a lift. And I appreciate that friendship that you know, formed in a moment of difficulty. It's 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 it, it was hard for them to be friends because of the times, and they did it. So if they can be friends, why you know? Why is a problem now? So, so yeah. yeah. And Rachel Harrison as well. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, and, and, yeah. and, the, and the director, uh, uh, Reese, uh, I forgot yeah. the name, about the, the, I know the, the surname is Reese. Uh, the, uh, she's amazing. She did a great job as a director. And, and no, Rachel Morrison was exactly the first uh, cinematographer, a female cinematographer uh, nominated for Oscar for Best Cinematography. So, it's so so good, you know. Uh, go mm-hmm. watch it as soon as you can. Um, my my pick is uh, also something quite recent. Came out this year. Does anyone want to have a guess? 
Yes. Book yeah, go. Smart. Yeah. No. no! Ah! How come? <laughs> because it's too obvious. Anyone Aww. else? Anyone want to have a guess? Midsummer. No, no, that's a good one though. Um, <laughs> it's a superhero movie. Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Marvel. Um, obviously the friendship between Carol Danvers and Maria Rambeau. I mean. Um, like I said about before, women supporting each other, and you know this idea of them bringing out the best in each other. And I think there's a, a wonderful moment where um, you know Carol has realised she is, and she's uh, being told uh, that who she's been working alongside aren't exactly the good people, and um, she's thrown into this moment of self-doubt and, and really is questioning what to next, how to respond to this and um, you know she's uh, in this you know moment of, of feeling almost like and, and, and that's it, she can't do it anymore and then uh, her friends who you know she's found on earth after you know uh, several years away and she comes back and she's lost her memory and and you know it's the the wonderful moment where sort of uh maria turns to her and she says you are carol danvers and that gives her her confidence back and and they have that wonderful moment where they 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 hug and it's such a powerful moment because i think for me the the film's most interesting when it's dealing with their friendship like, I, I'm not interested in the whole, you know, it's Samuel L. Jackson and he's young, ooh. And all the, the big but explosions and special effects and they're in space. I'm interested more in their friendship. And I think, I wish, like, almost we had more flashbacks in that film of how they, you know, when they were flying jets ever and, you know, the... the wonderful bit but they almost have like a montage when she's remembering like them singing karaoke in that bar and do you know um get you know walking to the planes and it's always like a, a female gun yeah. kind of movie going on there which i think would be more interesting than the actual movie that we get <laughs> you don't know me you have no idea who I am. I don't even know who I am. You are Carol Danvers. You are the woman on that black box risking her life to do the right thing. My best friend who supported me as a mother and a pilot when no one else did. You were smart and funny and a huge pain in the ass. And you were the most powerful person I knew. Way before you could shoot fire from your fists. You hear me? Do you hear me? But yeah, I, I think for me, Captain Marvel probably was one of the films that spoke to me much more than, say, you know, I love Wonder Woman, but again, it's not really about that female friendship. At least it's not really developed. I feel like it's suddenly, you know, 
the bloke turns up and oh it's a love story um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so uh i but but book smart was a was originally on my list but i swapped it i do love book smart it's Mm -hmm. such a good film (laughs) and i know a lot of people on twitter responded with book smart when i asked a question about um films about friendship Mm-hmm. It's a great movie song. You know? It should be on everybody's list, honestly. We sit side by side in every class. Teacher thinks that I sound funny, but she likes the way you sing. Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed when silly thoughts go through my head about the bugs and alphabet. When I wake tomorrow, I'll bet that you and I will walk together again. I can tell that we are gonna be friends Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends